Welcome back to Soulful Conversations, and this is the second part of my interview with Ziggy Albert. Uh, this was a great conversation. Um, the, the first half of it had me so excited that my voice started going loud like Wim Hof himself. Um, I will try and stop mentioning Wim Hof in every single podcast, but he is a legend. So thank you so much for all of your kind words and stay involved in the conversation. Direct message me or leave a comment on socials, take a little screenshot, share on your socials and just enjoy this journey of us all um, learning a hell of a lot every single day. I'm just finding this whole process to be... So amazing and so cathartic, just like I found, <laughs> just like I found while I was writing my book and I got some pearls of wisdom from those amazing people that I was interviewing. I found it during this conversation, especially from talking to a young dude like Ziggy. I'm like, my God, why didn't I get onto this earlier? But there's no time like the present and it's good to stay in the present. Okay. Ziggy Alberts, part two. Welcome to Soulful Conversations with Ash Grunewald. Um. In this podcast, we interview inspiring and amazing people, musicians, surfers, and experts in mindset, creativity, health, well-being, and making the world a better place. I'm tired of beating around the bush. I want to go deep and have a soulful conversation. This podcast is brought to you by Earth Bottles. At Earth Bottles, we are on a mission to end single-use plastics, offering a full range of beautiful double-insulated bottles, reusable coffee cups, food and tea canisters, stainless steel straws, bags, and lots of plastic-free eco-goodies. Earth Bottles proudly supports the Breast Cancer Network of Australia, Beyond Blue, Hope for Health, Clean Coast Collective, 15 Trees, Bali Baby House and the UN Refugee Agency. So head over to www.earthbottles.com.au for a 10% discount using the promo code ASHLOVESME. Together we can make a change and break up with single-use plastics. There's another thing I've picked out from what you've said there is that you're it's a very important thing. I try and say this to my kids too. You are in control of your like of your mind and you are in control. You direct the device, you use the tool. Don't let the tool use you. It can be your device, it can be your mm-hmm. mind. It can even be culture. Mm-hmm. Like when my daughter um jumps on her phone and starts uh and starts, you know, just jumping on YouTube on just endless what I call silly stuff. Um, yeah. I try and say to her something that I learned from um, Terence McKenna, who I'm a big fan of, which is like, you create culture. Don't don't just consume culture. Don't just consume everything that is on your phone, which is really, really, um, really exciting. You've got to make something to be on the phone. <laughs> Send it the other Absolutely. way. Create something. Oh, and there's something, it, and there's something, and that's where we're. That's where, as musicians, we're really lucky. And in fact, this time, time again, it's about 
there is something so fulfilling about creating things. That that's really important, and I think that's a really you know with wow, like with, with kids in this day and age, you know, because I haven't I haven't gotten me. Um, I haven't gotten me ash. Okay, I've received no phone calls. I've been a good boy. I've got none. All right. Um, at this point, <laughs> and at this point, to your knowledge, and, uh, no, and and so forth. It's a really um that to explain that because it's, to explain that to young minds um is they're really lucky that they've got someone like you who has created things and knows the value of creating your own thing. Um, and because because whether that be music or art or writing or through dance or whatever the whatever the process is, that is what is fulfilling. It is good to be, it's great to be inspired by what other people have created and then it's really good to create your own. Um, and yeah, and that's what, and I think, but you know, you know what, I mean, each generation keeps getting smarter and more switched on. And so like, I think that they'll probably have, you know, your kids and the kids that are younger than me, these kids are going to keep seeing reality more and more and so forth. I think that they also are going to see what's going on even more clearly and maybe even have a better way or a better idea of how to tackle it. Yeah. Hopefully we can learn from them. Uh, It's my aim to be multi-generational and to never try and be younger than I am or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But I love learning and it's really important to me to, to stay on the move psychologically, spiritually, and, you know, with everything that I, with everything that I do to keep learning something new every day and keep sort of on, I'm on this constant kind of improvement, little fascination. Oh man. Absolutely. I think it's the way to go. I can tell that that's the way you roll too. Oh, I think, uh, look, look, there's something, um, you know, like for example, you, you, don't, you don't have to look too, you don't have to look too far, you know, down at the beach one day with, um, with my, with my niece, you know, in, in this little community where I grew up kind of thing. And we're all down at the boardwalk and, you know, these two little chicas who are maybe, maybe two years old, you know, one, you know, we're walking up and down the boardwalk all holding hands kind of thing. And, um, and I just had this passing thought that was like, oh my God, like as in how crazy is someone who's been on, you know, come to the world less than 700 days ago, how much they can teach you about trust? Because here you are, you know, as someone that, you know, for example, they've only met a handful of times or been hanging out with, you know, my niece and with these, you know, other little groms. And then they, they, try, they see you again, they smile, they come up to you, you know, you go walk up and down the boardwalk together or you're all hanging out. There's someone who can't even speak and they can teach you about trust. And that's really, that we're getting deep here, like super spiritual, but like that, truly, you got to look to, you got to look to some of the ways that things have been done, undoubtedly. Like I've got pretty, pretty old school parents in a lot of ways and there's so much to learn from that. And I think that also seeing younger generations, um, some, like I've said, super young can teach you about so many things and you just got to keep your eyes open to being, I guess, well, I'm I'm fascinated, and I did want to ask you about your parents. And it's interesting that you say old school, because I mean, I feel that you're a very ultra progressive young person that they've created. And I heard that you were homeschooled, or I read read that you said you were homeschooled. Yeah, I've done a bit of homeschooling in my kids as well. I love it. So, can you tell me a little bit about what you think in your upbringing really set you on a on a great path for for you know making you the person that you are today? So I think that I was very much encouraged as both in learning and in personal relations with my parents to not just recreate or um, to not just recreate or to memorize and jot back down again, but in learning, they want me to understand. And, mm. you know, I, I was a bit of an open book, so so forth, when 
I could just, you know, um, when I could just copy something without a good memory, so when I could just copy something, but my mum would pick up on it, she'd be like, are you just copying that out? Or do you understand the concept, for example, in math, saying to go to math. Mm. They really push for understanding something opposed to just regurgitating. So that, I think, is something from a young age that really stuck with me um, because that can apply to the rest of your life. I was really lucky, particularly as a sensitive, um, a very sensitive young chap that I didn't go to school until I was about 13. And so I think that was really important um, because, man, like, kids are super resilient. Like, hats off. Like, I don't... Like, if, if you at six years old sent me off to a school to be away from my parents, you know, for eight hours a day, um, to go be in a big social environment, like, I just wouldn't have become the same person. So I say hats off to the resilience of human beings that, that so many people are successful. It shows you how strong even little ones are. Um, but for me, I was really happy to have a... have already have a clear identity of myself by the time I went to school, and then when I did, when I, so 13, I didn't see inside a classroom before 13, and when I did go to school, I was in a really lucky position as um, a homeschooler. I had long blonde hair at the time, so people didn't know I was a nerd yet, um, so they just thought I was a surf. They just thought I was some surfy boy, um, and I had, because of being in a surfing, um, a, a surfboarder, uh, this like competition kind of monthly club thing, I, my, my girlfriend at that time, went to that school. So I had it as bloody good as it gets walking into a, the biggest public school in Queensland, so to speak. Um, but at least I had that, I, I even went into school, Ash, with this idea, you know, opening to my parents that it was an experiment. To me, it was like, how can I best play the game? And it was like, an, an, it was like a, for me, this like, how do I best play the game to get what I want to best navigate wow. this? Um, and so I was, man, I just... My parents, for example, they weren't like crazy. Um, well, but I guess they are on a sub- subconscious level or like a subliminal level, but they're not these crazy out there environmentalists or anything like that. But they just, my dad's really good at, it's so hard to have, a, so hard to have an argument with because he's so well thought. And so that means that whether that's across, whether that's across environmental stuff or personal stuff or relationship stuff, he's just well thought. And mum's like, you know, the best woman, one of the best women in the whole damn world, you know, like she's just incredible. So I, I think what they, and they really encouraged, they really encouraged us to, to be individuals. So they didn't kind of stamp out anything. And I just, I think having that, having that as an upbringing, you know, um, and then I finished school, right? So I graduated at 16, graduated pretty young, got my marks. So they were going to go into university, do engineering or dentistry or something. And my parents bought me a guitar. And that, you know, was, that was the year, that was the year, I think, that I met you, actually, and I played that support, was that seven months later, but they bought me a guitar when I graduated, and they were like, and I was like, thank you. They knew I did some writing, so I was maybe going to go into freelance journalism, and I was like, but thanks, but I'm, I'm not planning to be a musician, and they're like, well, you know, you know you're into writing, and maybe now you've got a bit of mental space to try, now you're done studying, and so um, I just, man, I think just the fact that I've had, I've had them to always bounce back on, and not, and by no means that, that in the way that we were a rich family, we never, we've never been that. Like, it was, they, you know, they bought me that guitar, and since then, it was busking and, and working really hard that got me to where I am today. But I've always had their, like, I've always had their support, their emotional support, and, and you know, and in their, in their opinion, when I started out to be a musician, I was like, I'm going to quit my job, I'm going to do it. They're like, well, you've got no kids, no mortgage, what's the better time to try it? They're like, go for it. And then I just bloody got on my bike and went for it. Wow. 
there's so many things that are amazing in there and it is absolutely phenomenal what you achieved in such a short time but in a way it's little wonder to me when i think about it when you actually explain the story to me that when you finally went to school you went there with a plan so you almost <laughs> you like and your parents instilled that in you okay okay how are we going to do this so this is a bit of an experiment here okay this is what I want to get out of it. I mean, my God, I mean, I'm just working that out in my forties. <laughs> to, to, I've just realized that, that, that is really important in life. And in a way, sometimes nothing matters more than ha- being to b- able to be that objective and that focused to actually sit back and go, right, what do I want here? How am I going to do it? I mean, that's an epiphany, really. Uh, yeah, and I was just, I mean, yeah, like I just have been, and being, as you can tell, someone with, I've got a really big headspace, and that's definitely one of my challenges, and lucky to have so parents I do, because um, they get it, they understand it, and they, you know, at various times, particularly when, particularly when I was younger, being able to go, mate, just turn your head in, just, you know, like, just sit back for a moment and have a, have a proper objective look at what's going on. It's not a bad idea to practice that, because I think that that can be, it's a principle, right, to, to, be, to be quite, what's the word, to be objective, to be honest in your thinking. There's nothing. We are not in a time right now um, on a multitude of issues, let alone our personal lives. We're not at a time, I don't think, where we can just be biased for the sake of it. I think when it comes to addressing our environmental issues, our humanitarian issues, our, we, we need to be as well-rounded as possible because that's, I think, the only chance we've got at moving forward. Mm, yeah, well said. I, I totally agree. So what are, what are some of the um, other things that people uh, who are listening to this right now should try and develop? Like that focus is something and that uh, being objective and looking... <laughs> Uh, at your life and saying, okay, what do I want to achieve here for my for myself and my society? That's definitely one strong thing that's come through here, and I think people are going to get so much out of that. Another thing that um, people will definitely get out of this is, and I can tell that you you said at the start you meditate regularly. I feel like you've got that mm. space in your brain to look at it objectively. Actually, I might digress quickly and ask you just very quickly. What, what could you what could you say about meditation for people who haven't tried it out there? I mean, let me say say it this way: Do you recommend it? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, okay. Yeah, yes is my answer. Do what I recommend even more so though is that don't let the stigma stop you from trying it. And mm-hmm. so, I would say. Absolutely, yes, do I recommend it, but I would say even more so, do not let the stigma um, prohibit you from trying or considering it because I think that, and this is what I'd like to hear your thoughts as well, that for me, I used to consider meditation as something that was an act of not thinking, whereas now I actually believe that meditation is for me is an act of focus and it's for me, for me, I conceptualize it as me being brave with addressing but I have to, so I don't go sit down and say to myself, this is my time for not thinking. Because mm. that's not way, the way we cognitively work. If you, you know, like my dad's put, if you say, don't think about it, think elephant, what do you think about? A yeah. big bloody elephant, right? And so for me, I actually think that a lot of what we are, a lot, okay, I'll just say for myself, maybe people relate to this, that 
a lot of my, a lot of the things that get bug me is when I'm resisting in terms of when you are resisting, let's say, okay, as a musician, you're resisting being tired. And you're like, I'm tired, I'm flogged, I'm so bloody flogged. And you're like, no, nope, I've got to get up on stage. And so you're resisting what's going on internally, right? And then you, I think that when it comes to, let's say you're struggling with something in your personal life, in your work life, you're constantly kind of keeping that, those thoughts and those emotions on the outskirts. You're kind of pushing, pushing back against them. And so when I go to sit down to meditate, for me, it's like, okay, now is my time to think if I care to. It's not about saying I'm not going to think it's about, no, this is the time. But if I'm going to, I have to be really focused on it and I have to address it with the entirety of my attention. Nothing more, nothing less. It has to be right in front of me. It's not, um, it's not a multitude of crazy um, lateral thinking. It's really focused on one thing. And if, if that's not important, I, I, I allow it for myself. But if then what I usually find by doing that is if I give myself the chance to go right, if I have to adjust something, I'm going to be entirely focused on it now. I'm going to give it everything I've got. But usually it's at that time when, you give, when I give myself that sort of freedom. So then I find is when I kind of calm down. And usually because we're just being busy, there's nothing actually wrong. You just need to sit still for a moment. And so then I just focus, then I just focus on my breathing. And I think everyone's going to be different though, Ash. Like I'd love to know what meditation is to you. For me, it's about focusing on my breath because I kind of, had an epiphany that one of the few things that is real, that is undoubtedly real, is that every moment that you are, you are breathing and every moment you, there is blood circulating around your body, those things are undoubtedly real and they're worth focusing on. They're worth paying attention to because it's something you do from the day you're born to the day you die. And so for me, it's about giving myself a chance to just focus on one thing because we, we are so, man, like, like look at the look at the level of multitasking we all do every day. It is absurd. Like it is amazing that people are doing so well with the amount that we got on our plate. So for me, it's about going to, for example, going to the beach. I do some hotel rooms. I do it anywhere. Going to the beach, giving myself the chance to address what I have to, and then if it's not important enough to address right now, if I can identify that it's not, I don't need to right now. Then it's just time to focus on my breathing because that's real. It's, it's there all the time. We hardly give it attention. Well, I mean, there's so much I could <laughs> blast off on there, and that that's absolutely amazing. I haven't, I actually haven't thought about that as an idea to actually meditate on something like on a particular subject, but it still is a very mindful practice. And I tell you what, if anybody tries it, you, they'll realize how hard it would be to think about mm. something in a very, very focused way. It that is a definite strong meditation practice, and not let your mind vary, not, not oh, well, let just, things just, come in. Yeah. It's that, that's actually, that's, that's, a really, that's a really great thing. I can imagine that might be also good for those with a busy mind. And you say, okay, mind, we're going to think about this one thing. And if you really, really need a background thing, because I know you're such a crazed monkey mind, I'm going to let yeah. you think about the breath as well. But that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I think everybody in these days of multitasking, which is scientifically proven to be eroding our, our ability to focus attention and wrecking our brains, um, I think even that, for most of us, I know for me, that would be a challenge to sit down there. But I think what meditation is about, for me, is like the moments that 
your mind varies and your mind, any other thought comes in and your mind takes you down this long narrative path and you're like, hang on a minute, mm. I'm thinking about something completely <laughs> different. I never authorised that. <laughs> I thought yeah. I was going to... I jump on, like I'm here in Bali, right? I jump on my scooter and I <clears throat> I go for a surf and I have this um, great path that I go down that goes through the rice fields. It's perfect and it's serene. And I do some breathing and I'm really into my Wim Hof breathing at the moment, so I use that, which is... Dude, I've just been, I was doing it last night. I'm super, I super started doing it. I love it. Ah, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> That's so great that you're in that. I think I brought it up with John, too. I think I'll bring it up in every podcast. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, but I'll be doing that, and I say, okay, well, I've got the Wim Hof breathing to think about, which is very active and so so suits mm. a busy-minded person to really get you into that state. And you're not supposed to do it while you're operating machinery, <laughs> but I do it anyway. Um, and, man, it's only a seven-minute ride to the beach, and I will say, well, I can't see any reason why I need to think about anything different than just this, and invariably, then I'll just be just down the road, and I'll be like... My God, how did, I am thinking about a completely different thing. How did I end up here? And oh, but, a good thing yeah, friend, absolutely. And a good thing my friend said to me was like, the moment when you catch yourself that, thinking that, like, how did I end up here? That's meditation. That's when you go, okay, let's bring it back. And it's, I don't, I think anybody listening to this, if you're just getting into it, don't feel bad when your mind drifts. The awareness of mind drift, mind drifting, that's meditation. That's you doing a mental sit-up or a mental push-up at that moment. That's perfectly because there's so much, there's so much around, um, because that's what you, you, there is, that is what part of letting go is, is the fact that you do, you're like, you're still bad for it. Like, I should be, it should be a really crazy word. It's like, I should be, I shouldn't be thinking that I should be in this state right now. I said, no, that's the whole damn point is you're, not necessarily stopping the ebb and flow of the tide. You're just observing that it's there, and and not taking it so damn personally all the time. Um, yeah, wow. Yeah, it's just I think everyone's going to find their way, man. And I think like look at again, look at look at social, like look at look at look at apps, for example. So people are finding or getting into meditation via apps, and like for me, that's not it for me because I'm like I don't I don't want to be on my phone more than I am, right? But I am not undervaluing or belittling the fact that maybe some people going to meditation have found this cool app that guides that some guided meditation. I think the fact of the matter is you just have to find what it means to you. And that's what's really cool. That's that's what people not not an idea or not this concept of saying how it could be or should be go because that's how I found it. it was for me it was me um, going down to the beach and being I'm gonna sit here until I figure out what the hell is going on. And it was by doing that for going to address it opposed to resisting it it actually made me still and then I then I found space to just focus on my breath um, and that man so everyone's going to come to it differently and they should accept that and again like you just said I mean you put it you put it perfectly I almost think we should end there is that do not feel bad for drifting off of your thoughts that being aware of that is meditation <laughs> yeah that is uh, yeah well dude this has just been the best discussion and true testament to how soulful this conversation has been is we didn't even talk about surfing at all. Nothing <laughs> oh. <laughs> surfing, but the only thing I'll say about surfing is, dude, you know, checking out your gram. You totally rip. This is our show.
Well, that was a very inspiring little discussion there. And I really do thank Ziggy Alberts for making the time on his ultra-busy, ultra-kick-ass touring schedule where he's just smashing the bejesus out of it. And I said to him after the podcast, man, just congratulations for everything. And I'm so glad that somebody like you is having such great success because it is really good for the world when the people who are having success are positive role models and just want to do good, good for the environment, good for the planet, but just also good on a interpersonal level, you know, sorting their own shit out and um, encouraging other people around them to do the same. And uh, we certainly did go in deep there, and that is what Soulful Conversations is all about. And I can see that Ziggy is set up as a lifelong learner, and I think that is just so important. And if you happen to be hearing this right now and you feel that you're a little stuck in a rut, or if you just feel that there could be something more in your life, I just strongly suggest learning. There's nothing that keeps you more vital. Learning about yourself, about some of the concepts that we've discussed in this podcast, but also just learning something completely new or working really hard at something that you've been doing for a long time and putting extra effort into it more so. I think when you are feeling a little stale, it that is the time to double down and put in a whole lot more work. And it's been my experience over the last couple of years that when you do that, don't even think about it. Just put in more work, whether it be like for me, I'm thinking about just playing the guitar. Uh, just when I put in a hell of a lot more work and like I'm talking like five hours a day or something, I found after a while when I'd walk into the room, I think I ended up putting this, I don't know if this will make the cut into my book or not. I, when I was talking to Steph Gilmore in my book, uh, we were talking about practicing and stuff and I mentioned this. I'll walk in the room now and see my guitar and I'll, I'll feel a feeling of love. And that's because I've put so much work into it. But I didn't always feel that. I've had periods in my career when it's been nothing like that and I hardly practiced. And I didn't feel the same level of inspiration that I feel right now. And uh, I just want to clear one thing up. I'm not trying... I don't think I'm an expert on any of the things that we're talking about in this, in Soulful Conversations. All I'm trying to do is get this conversation happening and really inspire people everywhere to have these kind of conversations and just pick up little tips, and I'm just as keen as everybody else listening along to all of this stuff. I really found that Ziggy brought up one thing that I've never really thought about with meditation, and that is using, I guess, focused mindfulness, you might call it, actually having something to meditate on and using that I guess like in yoga, they call it a drusti or something, like when you're trying to balance your stare at something. <laughs> um, but like it, you can use a thought like that and meditate on something to actually work something out in your life as a technique. To sit there, focus on the breath, and really just concentrate on that one thing. That's a really cool idea, and I reckon I'm going to try, I'm going to try that one out. Um, so just to fill you guys in, 
once again, as I said, I'm no expert. I haven't been meditating for years or anything like that. I've dabbled with it off and on, and I'm doing more of it as I go on. And as you've heard me froth on the Hoff, I'm into Wim Hof, and I feel like he gets me to a meditational state pretty easily. And then after that, it's a little bit easier to tame the old monkey mind, as they say. But um, a couple of friends just put me onto a app, which some might see it as an irony to have an app for meditation when we've just been talking about the ills of the phone. But as Ziggy mentioned, I think whatever helps. Seriously, it's hard enough. Whatever helps. Don't feel like anything's wrong when you're trying to experiment and learn how to get control of your mind. Um, So there is a little app that really helps, and it's Sam Harris's app. I've just uh, only, I'm only uh, four or five days into using that. So I can't give you any long-term studies, but maybe after a while I will, but I've just found it to be really good. And um, a couple of friends have suggested that. So that's a really good thing. If you want as an introduction, if you want to find out more about meditation, definitely check that app out and we'll put a link to that in the show notes, as also we'll put a lot of links to all of the good stuff that Ziggy is doing in the world and his YouTube channel. Um, And yeah, thanks once again to Ziggy and thank you so much for being on this journey with us. Um, This is really exciting to me um, and I'm really feeling like it's got a strong purpose and fulfilling a strong need that's out there. And my purpose for this is a lot bigger than simply, I don't know, getting my own name out or anything like that. I think this is a really helpful thing and um, it's something that I'm benefiting from myself. So I hope you stay on this journey with me. Thank you and see you next time.